I'm pretty sure the only reason Joe Biden agreed to go to Ireland is because they told him he could kiss the Blarney Stone. Man, is he going to be disappointed when he finds out the Blarney Stone isn't a woman? <laughs> What's up? This is uh, a young woman. That. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. Thanks so much for joining me today. Again, I apologize. Um, I apologize profusely for not having uploaded the last couple days, but I've been going through, you know, some vocal issues. When you use your voice for a living, uh, you know, it, it's, it's great. First of all, I mean, it's the best job I've ever had, and I love doing it. But at the same time, I'm susceptible to the whims of, well, my voice. And sometimes allergies or cold or I don't know what it is. Hannah had COVID. I don't think it's that. But, uh, you know, something gets in it, it irritates it, and it limits my capacity to speak, which for a lot of people is really, really a good thing. They're like, thank God. Thank God something finally shut him up. But for those of you that enjoy this podcast and enjoy the radio show and enjoy everything else that we do, it's um, kind of a bummer for me as well. Uh, but, you know, what, what I've been doing the last couple of days is, and I haven't lost my voice entirely, but I have to maintain and I have to prioritize and I have to, you know, figure out, okay, if I've got this many hours worth of voice in me today, what is it, you know, I, I can spend this much time doing the radio show, I can spend this much time recording a podcast, I can spend this much time yelling at my kids or arguing with my wife, you know, so I, you got you to gotta kind of prioritize it all. And, um, and unfortunately, with the podcast, because it is early in the morning before I'm warmed up and because it's not you know, our, our main source of income, meaning it's not the radio show. Uh, we have to, you know, I have to make sure that the radio show gets the, the, the best part of my voice every single day. Not to say that one day that won't flip flop. I mean, hell, you never know what's going to happen. This podcast could take off. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, screw it. Let's record the podcast and I'll call in sick to work. But as of right now, that's why I wasn't uploading the last two days. However, I'm here now and I feel much better. I may sound still a little off, but I'm feeling much stronger, much better. And I'm able to let you know everything that's going on that you need to know about. And there's a couple things. I mean, Joe Biden, I'm not lying. This guy, uh, this guy was it, he's in Ireland. And I guess I figured out what it is with Joe Biden. He's less of a president and more of just a bad comedian. He's like a bad old. Like, imagine the worst comedian ever, uh, you know, with the oldest jokes ever put them on stage with a laugh track. That's Joe Biden, because he was in Ireland telling the same old stupid jokes that he always tells about not jumping. Listen to this. And I want all of you to know, especially the young people in the audience today, and don't jump, okay? <laughs> oh, I didn't see it all the way up there. As my father would say, please excuse my back. I apologize. Oh, yeah, look at that. Please excuse my back. I apologize. Uh, that's Joe Biden with his old don't jump joke in Ireland, which isn't funny in the United States of America. I imagine it's not that much funnier. It's not that much funnier in, in Ireland. Uh, also, uh, when he says, I thank all the young people here today, isn't everybody a young person compared to Joe Biden? I mean, that's the one thing that threw me off. He's like, ah, good to see all the young people, or as I call them, people. <laughs> that's that's just something I figured. I just feel like Joe Biden, you know, everybody, he's just so old. Uh, and that, that came up actually in um, Don, Donald Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson. Now, Donald Trump was arraigned a week ago, and since that arraignment, he has uh, done no interviews. He's tweeted or truthed about a bunch. I've seen him, you know, I've been getting lots of emails from his, from his press release, and I know he's been move, moving around and, you know, planning and plotting some more events to, uh, like, rallies and things like that. But as far as an interview, a sit-down interview, he didn't have one until yesterday with Tucker Carlson. And his interview with Tucker Carlson, I thought, was one of the best interviews I've seen with him. It was about an hour long, and he, he jumped into a lot of topics, and he did a lot of things that I think were very smart, uh, very intelligent, and I think opened a lot of people's eyes. Uh, one of the first things he talked about was what happened at the arraignment 
when he walked into the police station. He said, look, it's not just a police station, it's a jail. And you've got these people here that process criminals every single day. And listen to what he claims happened when he got there. And I'll tell you, people were crying. People that work there, professionally work there, that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody. It's tough, tough place. And they were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry. They said they were crying. They were so upset that D.A. Alvin Bragg had miscarried justice so much and put them in this position where they knew what they were doing was wrong. They knew Donald Trump had broken no law. They knew that this whole thing was a sham. They knew it was politically motivated. And yet, because of their lot in life, because of their station, because of their job and because of who they work for, and because, unfortunately, they are, you know, good, solid, law-abiding, conscientious patriotic Americans who are trapped in this crooked, corrupt system of New York City justice, um, they had to prosecute or they, I'm sorry, they had to process Donald Trump and fingerprint him and, and, uh, and get him through the system. And they were very upset. And Donald Trump laid that out to Tucker Carlson. Now, immediately, a lot of people on the left were crying foul, saying it was untrue. Adam Kinzinger was whining about it on Twitter like he would know. He wasn't even there. No one's ever cried for Adam Kinzinger. That's why, that's why we only, the only tears we ever cried or shed for Adam Kinzinger were tears of joy when he announced he wasn't running for uh, re-election. Um, anyway, but so that's that. But uh, the other thing he said, he said a couple of other things, which I think were poignant. One of them was the question of whether or not Joe Biden will or should run. Here's what he told Tucker. I, I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. I don't see how it's possible, but there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, I don't think he can. That was Joe. That was uh, Donald Trump's answer about Joe Biden running for president. And he's right about the whole Easter egg, the Easter egg thing. I mean, the question was, are you running for president? This was his answer. I'll either be rolling egg or you know, being the, 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 you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Mm. Again, with the jokes. Um, anyway, so that's, that's kind of where we are. Donald Trump saying, look, Joe Biden can't run, and everybody wants me to run. Um, he went into a long, there were a lot of questions about whether or not he was going to back out of the race. Tucker said, is there anything they can do? Is there anything they can charge you with? Is there anything they can bring at you that would get you to walk away? And Donald Trump said, absolutely not. I don't do that. I don't walk away. You know, this is too important. This is an important race. We got to get back. We got to clean up this country. We're at a we're at a, a crossroads, a precipice, if you will. China is taking over and the people inside this country are allowing them to do it. In fact, they're excited and they're eager and they're they're aiding and abetting China's takeover of the United States of America and the world. And if this military action, which we all believe is going to happen with Taiwan, happens soon, then it looks like the military leaders and the political leaders here in the United States of America, the ones currently in charge, is going to roll over and let it happen. And that's the most un-American thing ever. They're going to cede our exceptionalism to China. The, the one country that really we should not, I mean, there's a lot of countries we shouldn't cede our exceptionalism to, but probably the biggest is China. And Donald Trump alluded to that as well. Who's the biggest problem, sir? Is it China? Could it be Russia? Could it be North Korea? No, I said the biggest problem is from within. It's these sick, radical people from within, because we can handle, if we're smart, we can handle Russia, China. I did. Are the ones that, well, basically, like I said before, are allowing this to happen freely, willingly. They, it's their desire. It's really their, I mean, it's really, those are their marching orders from the global elitists who want China to be the next superpower. 
and not the United States of America. And Donald Trump's saying we can stop it. It's easy to stop China. It's easy to stop Russia. It's not easy to stop these woke bastards who are destroying our country from uh, within the walls of Washington, D.C. And that's something that's another reason why he's running. Now, a couple of interesting things I found in this interview. One was that he threw cold water on the lie that the Democrats want him to be the nominee. And this is something the Democrats have been pushing for a while. The Democrats, uh, in fact, it's not just the Democrats. There's a lot of Republicans. I read you this big piece by Ann Coulter last week, and she pushed the same narrative. Ann Coulter said flat out, the Democrats are playing Republicans. The Democrats know that Joe Biden can beat Donald Trump. The Democrats know that Joe Biden is the stronger candidate. If it's Joe Biden against anybody but Trump, he loses. If it's Joe Biden against Trump, he wins. And so the Democrats are doing everything they can to get Donald Trump the nomination. Uh, that's why they arrested him, because they know that the base will rally around him. They know that the MAGA faithful and the America first people are going to jump in and push him to the top of the primary charts. And then in the general election, he'll lose. He'll flame out miserably. That was that's, you know, and that again, that's not just a Democrat narrative. A lot of unfortunately, Reiner Republicans are saying the same thing. And Donald Trump threw cold water on that and said, that's not true. The Democrats don't want to run against me. They don't want to put Joe Biden up against me. They know that I, he, I have momentum, that I have power, that I have experience. They know that the tide is turning. They know that people are looking at the Democrat Party and saying, these guys are horrible. These guys are manipulating everything we hold dear. These guys are destroying our economy. They're making us feel less safe. Crime is through the roof. In all these major, nobody feels safe in New York or Chicago or San Francisco. I mean, the Democrats also, this whole thing with Chicago They've decided this is what this is how you know that the Democrats are lying when they say that um, that uh, that they want Trump to be the nominee because they think it'll be better for Joe Biden. They chose Chicago to be the site of their 2024 Democrat convention. Chicago is the least safe city in the country. Chicago is the murder capital of the world. Chicago, the police are retiring. Uh, they can't control the, the gang violence and the murders. Uh, you have weak leadership. Lori Lightfoot has turned that city into a killing field. The upscale shops and restaurants and the, you know, and the, um, and the, you know, the, the, the suburban areas and things are, are being looted and, and, and robbed. And there's, you know, large, I mean, the people that break into the stores and rip stuff off the shelves and they're destroying what was once a beautiful city. I mean, I love Chicago. I've been there a couple of times and it was fantastic. I loved walking around along the water I loved going to the stores and the restaurants. The buildings were beautiful. It's really, it was a clean, nice city. Now, you do, I mean, you wouldn't wish your worst enemy to go there. Unfortunately, I mean, but luckily our worst enemies are going there. The Democrats decided we're going to ignore the problem. We're going to pretend that Chicago is this amazing destination and we're going to hold our 2024 convention there. They're going to force all of these Democrat wannabe candidates, all of these Democrat operatives, all these Democrat supporters are going to force the media to go to Chicago, risk their lives so that they can prove some false point. They can push some false narrative, some fake narrative that Chicago is not as bad as it seems. And they're doing the same thing with Donald Trump. They're trying to say, oh, look, Donald Trump is the worst candidate ever. So we want him to run against Joe Biden. Oh, Chicago's the best city ever. We want to hold our convention there. It's all a bunch of BS. It's all their way to save face. It's misinformation, as Donald Trump said in the interview. And, uh, and I, think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of accuracy to that. Now, something else that's happening today, and we discussed this a little earlier, I, was, I called into the morning news on a WOKV in Jacksonville, is that Tim Scott from South Carolina will be entering the race. We, we're pretty sure he's got this exploratory committee. We think he's making a big announcement, if not this week, really soon. 
that he's uh, throwing his hat in the ring for president. Tim Scott is a senator from South Carolina. There's two senators from South Carolina. You probably know the other one, Lindsey Graham. This one's Tim Scott. Tim Scott is uh, black and he's conservative and he's a buddy of Donald Trump. Um, But he's probably going to take some votes away from two other hopefuls in the race. One is Nikki Haley, who's also from South Carolina. And you're going to have two, you're going to have two Palmetto staters on the ballot uh, for the primary, which is going to, they're going to split those votes. And then of course, he's probably going to take some votes away from Ron DeSantis. Because again, people that have elected to vote for Donald Trump, people that say they're going to vote for Donald Trump, people that want president Trump to be president again, they're not going to be swayed by Tim Scott. They're not going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. I was all in on Trump 2024, but Tim Scott, hold the phone, hold the phone. This changes everything. Tim Scott's the guy that can battle back against China and Russia. Tim Scott's the guy that can reverse all of these horrible economic policies that Joe Biden put in place. Tim Scott's the guy that can, that can secure our border once again and make our military great. Tim Scott is the guy that can bring us energy independence and, and not only make us energy independent, but make us a, um, a net exporter of energy Uh, so that we can be wealthy again and feel safe again. And all of our allies around the world uh, can benefit from our energy dominance. Donald Trump. Yeah, I was, I I didn't, I was all about Donald Trump, but now that Tim Scott's in the race, he's got my support. That's not going to happen. Tim Scott's going to take votes from Nikki Haley. He's going to take votes from Ron DeSantis. If Ron DeSantis ever gets his act together and enters the race, he'll uh, take votes from Mike Pence. If Mike Pence ever throws his hat um, in the ring as well. So Donald Trump's numbers are secure. Ron DeSantis's numbers are about to fall even more because of the increased uh, competition for the votes in the in the primary election, which is coming up next year. So we're awaiting that. We're going to see what happens again. I like Tim Scott. I feel like he'll be a great something something. I don't think he's going to be president this time around. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm fairly certain he's not he's not going to be. In fact, I saw one tweet. Somebody wrote uh, somebody retweeted the story that that Tim Scott was going to run for president. And they wrote, who's going to tell them, (laughs) which I thought was very funny. But look, when you run for president in a crowded primary like this, when you run for president and there's, you know, there's no incumbent, uh, you're either you're doing one of two things. You're either running for president or you're running for vice president or some other cabinet position. It's like the Buddha judge principle, Kamala Harris. Look at look at how many cabinet members. Look at what happened with the race in uh, 2020, uh, 2020 with Joe Biden. Joe Biden comes in. He's running against Kamala Harris. She drops out first. He's running against Pete Buttigieg. They have to buy him out of the race. And then all of a sudden, when it comes time to pick cabinet members and vice presidents, Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg are back. Look at that. Looky there. They've reared their ugly heads. Pete Buttigieg becomes the worst uh, transportation secretary in the history of the world. And Kamala Harris becomes the worst vice president in the history of the world. Maybe since Aaron Burr. I don't know. Aaron Burr. I don't know how he was as a vice president. I know he shot and killed Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you shoot and kill somebody as vice president, when you murder, I mean, it was a duel, so I don't think it was technically murder because back then the duel laws were very different than the murder laws. If you were, if you were dueling with somebody and it was, a, it was agreed upon that you were going to duel, I think it was, I think any of you shot them, I think it wasn't necessarily murder, but also it looks bad on your, on your record as vice president. Uh, Kamala Harris has not murdered anybody. Well, actually, that's not true. Maybe she has. Maybe in maybe indirectly, she's caused the murder and the deaths of of uh, hundreds of people. Um, you know, because they've been trying to illegally cross the border, of which she's the czar and has been derelict in her duties. So yeah. Anyway, she's probably the worst vice president we've ever had. And so, 
all of that came from the the crowded primary field. So if you've got Tim Scott and Nikki Haley and maybe Mike Pompeo comes back in and Mike Pence and Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, what you've got is you've got one person who's going to run for president and then maybe a couple more in there who are going to be vice president, cabinet members, who knows? You know, we still hear Chris Christie wants to jump back in the race. Uh, maybe not jump because I don't think he jumps. It may be just like enter slowly uh, and carefully into the race so as not to to break anything. Anyway, um, that's that. So we're following that story. We'll bring you that later on today. We're following this story about Alvin Bragg suing Jim Jordan, which is ridiculous. Alvin Bragg, and this is something that happens a lot. This is just a this is just a tactical maneuver. Um, and I have a great story about Justin Bieber, which I'm going to share on the air today. But Alvin Bragg is suing Jim Jordan to try to stop him from investigating Alvin Bragg. And I don't think it's going to work, but you know what? It's out there. So that's coming up later on the Marque show. Also, uh, our Joe Biden top secret document notepads, we still have tons of them. We ordered more because they're still really popular. And with this top secret document here, let me grab them real quick. With these top secret documents that are still floating around on all these message boards, there's renewed interest. Um, people still want to get them. They want to grab them for gifts. They want to grab them for novelties. They want to give them away to people. Uh, they want to use them. I mean, I use these constantly. The top secret document notepad is available at topsecretnotepad.com. You just go there. It's got the watermark of Joe Biden and his vet. It's got the redactions. It's got the ice cream stain uh, right there in the corner. Love it. Get yourself a, a three pack or a six pack or however many you want. It's topsecretnotepad.com. And don't forget, please subscribe to this uh, podcast. Please subscribe and, and like it and share it with everybody you know, because we got to get the word out there. And like I said, my voice is better now and I'm going to take good care of it. So we should be good uh, moving forward. Um, but it, like, it's important. We got an important election coming up in 2024. We've got an important, I mean, we've got every day is important. We've got to band together. We've got to know that we're doing the right thing. We've got to know that we're working hard. We've got to know that we are doing what we can to secure this country, especially in the face of evils like China and Russia and the Democrat Party, who's trying to destroy us from within. Um, and it's going to take all of us fighting together so that we can save the republic.